0: All right? And I want you to hold up your Bible or hold up whatever you viewed God, God's Word with. And I want you to repeat after me. Say, This is God's Word. God's Come on, say it like you, your church. This is God's Word, is God's word. not Pastor Revan's Word. Pastor word. I, am who it says I, am. I am who it says I am. And I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. And so, Lord, I step back so the Spirit of God can use me to teach your people your word. And I thank you in advance that signs, miracles, and wonders always follow your word as as it, it is proclaimed. And so, Lord, I thank you that as the word goes forth today, our ears will hear it. It will encourage our hearts. Our minds will be renewed and our lives will be changed for the better. And so, Lord, I thank you and I praise you for what you're doing in our midst. And I thank you for this great word you've given me to feed your people in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. It is great to be back in the pulpit today as well as in the house of the Lord. And uh, I want to say thanks to those of you who are viewing us online. And I want to give a special thanks for those of you who have come out into the physical house of the Lord to worship today. Can you give yourselves a hand clap for being here this morning? And so today I want to start a series. And this series is entitled The Power of Choice. Everybody say The Power of Choice. And the goal of our series is to understand the power that choices have in our lives also to understand how these choices will impact us. I'm going to show you how choices also affect future generations. And then I'm going to provide you and, uh, you and I with uh, keys on making choices that will produce life in our lives and will produce purpose that God has for our lives. And so if you're taking notes today, I want you to write down today's title, which is Choose to Live. Everybody say choose to live. Choose to live. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30. It's going to be the foundational text for our teaching and for our series. And if you do find it, Deuteronomy 30, I'm going to be using different types of Bibles, uh, not just the King James Version. And if you're taking notes, I have four points. Everybody say four points. Now, if you're a good class today, we'll get through all four points. So let's just jump right into it. If you're taking notes, here's point number one. And they're going to put some of these points on the screen for those of you who are here. Point number one is God gives us all the power of choice. God gives us all the power of choice. Say this with me. Say, God gives us all the power of choice. Now, I'm going to prove to you this through principle, but let me throw this out. This point is going to help us minimize this faulty thinking that whatever God has for my life, it's going to happen automatically. But I'm going to show you today that's not the case because where we end up in life is a direct result of the choices that we make and not necessarily the choices that God makes. Because, listen, God can make or suggest choices to us, but it is up to us to choose what He wants for us. Amen. So, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version, okay? So, let's go ahead and read this. Now, let me give you the context of this, this scripture because God is telling Moses what to say to his people. And as you and I listen to what I'm going to read, I want you to listen to this as if God is talking to us today. Amen. Verse 15 says this, see i have set before you today watch this life and good everybody say life and good so god is telling moses to tell the people i've set before you today life and good and then he says what death and evil so we see now two categories and then verse 16 he says and i command you today to love the lord your god to walk in His ways and keep His commandments, His statutes and His judgment. And here's what happens when they do that and when you and I do that. He says that you may live and multiply. Then it says, And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you are going to possess. They were going into the promised land. And then he told them that. In verse 17, he says, but if your heart turns away so that you won't hear and you're drawn away and you worship other gods and you serve them, he says, I announce to you today, everybody say today. He said, I announce to you today that you will surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which cross over the Jordan. And then verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as a witness against you today. I have set before you, read it with me, life and what? Death blessing and what cursing he says therefore choose what life that both listen you and your descendants may live wow i want you to notice that verse 19 said that god was giving his people two choices and what makes it easy is every choice you and i need to make in life are going to fall in one of these two categories So here's the first category of choices that he gave them. The first choice was life and blessings. Everybody say life and blessings. Now let me ask you a question, those of you who are at home. How many want to have some life and how many want to have some blessings? I'm going to ask in the room, how many want some life and some blessings? Let me see your hand. I mean, we all want life and blessings. That's choice number one. But here's choice number two. He said, death and evil. Now, how many in the room want some death and evil? Any hands going up? Okay, I didn't think I'd see you. And if I saw some, I would be praying for you right now. Nobody wants death and, ble- or death and evil. That means now, all, say all, all of life choices that you and I need to make, listen, they're going to fall under one of these two categories. Now, you may say, Uh, Pastor Evan, it seems a little bit more complicated than that. No, I'm going to show you through the series that every choice you and I make in life, they're either going to point us in the direction of life and blessing or they're going to either point us in the direction of death and destruction. Amen, somebody. And what's amazing is that God, listen, has given us the power and the position to make whatever choice that is. And because He's such a loving God, He's such a loving God. He doesn't want us confused. And so he tells us, class, which choice he wants us to pick. The latter part of verse 19 says, choose life. Everybody say, choose life. He said, choose life that you and your seed may live. Now, the word life is interesting because it means something that is living and it also means something that's alive like living water. In other words, let me give you an example. God is saying, when you and I make decisions, let it be one that is going to produce life for us. Let it be one that is going to refresh us. Let it be one that produces the effects of running water. You say, well, what does that mean, pastor? Well, you may not have known this, but the human body, the average human body, probably not mine so much because I'm not a serious water drinker, but the average human body is made up between 50 and 75% of water. So you can see how important water is to just us. What does it do to us naturally? It produces life for us. So in essence, God is saying that our decisions, listen, should rejuvenate us and give us life. And the effects of these decisions that we make, these life-driven decisions, listen, they will get passed down and I'm gonna show you to, to our children's children. So now let me, let me take you out of bondage or let me take you out of when the devil will try to criticize you, especially if you've made some poor decisions in your life. Has there been anybody in, 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 in the audience or online that have had some poor decisions made in your life? Let me see your hands. Amen. Okay, uh, yours truly exactly. So let me take you out of abundance because the devil will try to go, well, you have made no good decisions before and this and that. No. So, so, so I want you to look at it like this. Regardless of what decision you make from this day forward and even the previous ones you made that may not have been good. God's grace can work that together for your good anyway. I'm going to say that again. See, that's just good news right there. Because he's saying, listen, it doesn't matter if you make a good decision or if you've made some bad decisions or if you get so caught up in your flesh in the future that you make some bad decisions if you believe God can work that thing together for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. So, stay in faith if you've made some poor decisions so that God can work it out together for your good. However... The dilemma still is, watch this now, making a death choice or a non-life choice still comes with consequences. Are you hearing me, church? Even if I make a bad decision, listen, God can work it together for my good. He's going to forgive me. But what I fail to remember sometimes is when I make these poor decisions or these bad decisions or these death decisions, They still come with consequences that we typically have to face. I mean, you know, I mean, there's some choices that we make that don't have a lot of consequences. You know, like the type of toothpaste you decide to use. Okay? Not a lot of consequences unless you don't use none. We will experience your consequences. But it's no big deal. I mean, you know, you're not going to die if you use Crest or Colgate, right? That's not a big consequence. But if you decide to shoot your ex-wife, that's going to be a consequence. So even though God can work some negative, you know choices out on our behalf where he working together for good, there's still some consequences that you and I may have to face, which now brings me to point number two. Now, point number one, do you remember? You probably don't, so let me tell you what point number one was, is that God gives us all the power of what? Choice. Okay, here's number two. All choices have consequences. All choices have consequences. Everybody say, all choices. All choices have consequences. If you're watching us through the lens, just go ahead and put it in the comment section because somebody needs some note taking. All all choices have consequences. And listen, consequences can be good or bad. You know, when we hear consequences, we think it's bad. No, there are some good consequences and there are bad consequences. Let me tell you a little story what happened to me. So in 2016, I decided, you know, I'm 55 years old. I've been seeing myself for 55 years. I'm okay with myself, but in 2016, I decided I wanted to straighten my teeth out. So I went to the dentist, went through the whole thing, and decided I didn't want to wear braces. I want to wear Invisalign. The Invisalign are those clear, that plastic thing you clip up in your mouth. So there's a whole process that you have to go through. They had to mold and put that yucky stuff in there, and they mold them out. They sent it to a company. And this company, listen, there's a whole set of trays... To get your teeth straight. So, I started the process. And so, month one, month two, month three, month four, past seven, real good, but one day, I got tired of wearing them. Because you got, you can't eat. You got to, you know, you got to take them out to eat. And you got, you know, you can't t- drink like Coke with it. And y'all know I drink Coke, right? And so I find myself having to take them out, but then I'm lazy. So I'm like, okay, eat, take them out. Don't eat. That's what you know. And so I, I, I went four months and then I stopped wearing them. And here is where it was not a good choice. Because I did not know what the consequences were going to be, church. I stopped wearing them. Then 2020 rose up. Four years later, Pastor ever. decided, I'm going to straighten my teeth out. So I go to the dentist, and God is good because she kept my little package, and I took in the last tray that I had stopped wearing, and it didn't fit no more. I said, Doc, what's the deal? She said, oh, 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 when you decided to stop, you don't pick back up where you left off. You have to start all over again. I'm like, are you kidding me, doc? Why didn't you tell me that? She didn't tell me. So now, compliments of Evan Connor, every dental or or every patient now, she tells them, if you decide to stop, you got to start all over again. So now, here's the good thing, Invisalign has a five-year process. Maybe I'm advertising for them. They have a five-year process. So listen, they remade me a whole new set of trays for free. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap for that right there. Praise the Lord. So let's go back to Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy 30, 19. This is what he said, because everybody say all choices have consequences. So in uh, Deuteronomy 30:19 it says, And I call heaven and earth to record against you this day that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. Notice each choice that God gave them had consequences. And if life was chosen, listen, then they could anticipate blessings, but if they chose death, they could anticipate evil. Now, I want you to think about it this way. Think about it this way. What if Noah had decided to not build the ark? What consequences would have been faced? What if Moses had decided to stay in Pharaoh's house instead of go and deliver God's people like God wanted him? What if Joshua had not chosen to march around the Jericho wall? What if Esther had chosen to not summon the king even though her life was at stake? What if Mary, the mother of Jesus, never decided to have Jesus as part of God's plan for her life. I mean, here's a worst thinking. What if Jesus had chosen to not go to the cross? We would all be in our sin today. Everybody say, all choices have consequences. And guess what? They all have consequences. And you and I have the power to pick the consequences we want to experience up front. Now, Deuteronomy 28, what I'm about to read you, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's considered like the chapter of blessings and curses in Deuteronomy 28. And the reason I'm reading some of this is to help you all see that these decisions that we make have consequences. And so I want to show you biblically that that's true, because there are good consequences and there are bad consequences. So in Deuteronomy 28, I'm going to start in verse 1, and I'm going to skip around so we won't have to read the whole thing. It says, And it shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, in other words, hear His voice, and then not just hear Him, because it's it's easy or you know, we can hear God tell us to do something. Sometimes He said, "But no, go ahead and observe it and to do all of His commandments." We He commands this day. Now, let me ask you a question: Is that principle still good today? Is it still good to hear God and obey God? It's still good today. Okay, so then he says, this will happen. Watch this. These are the consequences that will happen when we hear God and we obey God. Look at verse 2. He says, and all these blessings shall do what? Come on you and overtake you. And I don't know about you, but I want blessings taking me over. He says, if you hearken to the voice, verse three, he says, listen, when you obey, the consequences are blessed, shall you be in the city, blessed, shall you be in the field, verse four, blessed, shall be the fruit of your body and the fruit of the ground, the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your kind and even your flocks, verse five, blessed, shall you be your basket in your store, verse six, blessed, shall you be when you go in and blessed, shall you be when you go out. He says, when you obey me, your blessings will come when you're going in and going out. And let me say this, just because you hear God and you obey God does not mean you won't face challenges. But what it does mean is that God will bless you in the process. Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Verse 7 says, the Lord will cause your enemies when they rise up against you one time or one way, he will make them flee seven ways. Verse 9 says, the Lord will establish you as a holy people. Verse 10 said, all the people of the earth will call you by the name of the Lord. Verse 11, and be afraid of you. See, that's why some people have problems with you at work. They're scared of you. You know why? Because God's glory is on your life. In some cases, I'm talking to somebody right now. You don't even have to try to get back at them. The glory will do that for you. Watch verse 12 or verse 11. How many would like to have an unlimited grocery budget? Anybody? Anybody? Unlimited. I mean, you just, you said, well, mine is already unlimited. Okay, good. How would you like to have an unlimited grocery budget for you and somebody else? See, we get caught up in what we have and what we can do, but, but my thing is, what can you do for other people? Well, watch verse 11. And the Lord will make you plenteous, in what class? In goods. And then verse 12 says, the Lord will open unto you His good, His good treasure. So all of these good consequences, what happen to them, and I believe us, when they made a life choice. Now you say, well, Pastor Evan, what's a life choice? Don't worry about it. I'm going to show you how to do that. So let's look now just at a couple of examples of what happens on a negative basis. In other words, if they chose to not produce or make life choices and blessings to come, let's see what would happen if they didn't. So now let's look in Deuteronomy 28. Let's drop down to verse 15. It says, but it shall come to pass. If you will not listen to the voice of God and observe to do what he says, he says all these curses or struggles, I'm going to use that word, because we don't necessarily use curse this these days. I mean, some of y'all may curse. I'm talking to somebody through the lens. Yeah, you might curse, but I'm saying we don't use the word curse as witchcraft curse, even though that, that's real too. So I'm going to say struggles. Watch what he says in verse 16. He says struggle, crust. Cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed struggle shall you be in the field. I mean, it's like it's like you go to work and work and, and you get, bring the money home and it's got holes in the pocket, right? It just, it just don't have enough. Verse 17. Cursed shall be your basket in your store. Verse 18. Cursed shall be the food of your body. Verse 19. Cursed shall you be when you go in and cursed shall you be when you go out. I don't know nobody in their right mind who want to be cursed like that. Right? But here's the thing. The reality of it is... That's the consequence of making, listen, a non-life choice, which now brings me to my third point. Here's point number three if you're taking notes. All choices have a generational impact. See, when you and I make choices, most of us are so selfish, self-centered, or ignorant. When I say ignorant, without knowledge, because nobody's told us. When we're making decisions, we have, we don't think about our kids and our children's children. We don't think generationally. We just think about now, because I'm hurting, or I'm in pain, or whatever. So we just do it, right? But it says now, I want you to read Deuteronomy 30, 19. It says, again, I call heaven and earth to record you this day that I have set before you life and death. Watch this, blessing and cursing. Therefore, watch this, choose life. He's telling us what to do. And then he tells us why. That you and your seed may live. Notice that God said to them, I want you to choose life so that you and your seed or the next generation will benefit from that. And notice that God said to them, if you choose life, your seed's going to live good. In other words, the next generation will experience blessings. So I have a take-home statement. If you're taking notes at home, somebody type this in the comment section if you're watching through the lens. Here's a take-home statement. My choices impact my family and my children's tomorrow. My choices today impact my family and my children's future tomorrow. In other words, whatever choices you and I decide to make, they are going to position our seed or the next generation to either experience life and blessings or death and curses. And do you know that your obedience today can be the end of your family's generational curses from yesterday? I'm going to say that again. Do you know that your decisions today can end the generational curses from your family yesterday? In other words, I'm talking to a single person. Do you know you maintaining a celibate life and not having sex and children out of wedlock until you got getting married can break that curse from your family and now your children can wait on the Lord and get married and have kids the right way? Now you say, well, Pastor, you criticize. No, I'm not criticizing. I'm just telling you. Amen. You know, uh, uh, most, most people who smoke cigarettes, it's because their parents did. I mean, my parents didn't. I ended up smoking weed. Maybe my mom and my daddy was a a, a secret weed smoker and I didn't know it. You ever thought about that? Why do I want to smoke weed? Mom and daddy used to smoke in the back and they didn't tell y'all. Anyway, here's the million dollar question. Here's the million dollar question. What does it mean to make a life choice and how do you and I know when we're making one? Here's point number three if you want to take, I mean, point number four, if you're taking notes, a life choice is a Christ choice. I'm going to say that again. A life choice is a Christ choice. Everybody say a life choice is a Christ choice. John 10, 10, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal Kill and destroy. In other words, the only reason the devil speaks to you is so he can get you to make a choice that produces death in your life. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. A life choice is a Christ choice. Everybody say a life choice is a Christ choice. So if a, listen now, if a life choice is a Christ choice, then a death choice is a flesh choice oh i'm gonna say that again i'm gonna say it let me rewind this somebody didn't get it here we go if a life choice is a christ choice then a death choice is a flesh choice romans 8 13 i'm not even going to read the whole verse i'm just going to read the beginning he says for if you live after the flesh you will die so a life choice is a Christ choice. So here's the question. How do we make Christ's life choices? Here's number one, if you're taking notes. We must allow Christ, listen, to guide us and not just save us. I'm going to say that again. If we're going to, listen, if we're going to live life choices that produce life choices, and blessings in our lives, the first thing we're going to have to do is that we're going to have to allow Christ to not just save us, but to guide us. In other words, you have to get beyond spiritual fire insurance. I'm saved. Praise God. And no changes happen in your life. Well, you might get to heaven, but you're going to go through hell getting there. When we choose to allow Christ to guide us, listen, He automatically leads us to make life choices that will produce life and blessings for us. John fourteen six is the foundation for this principle. Jesus said unto him, I am the way. Not a way. See, Jack Daniels can be a way. Drug use can be a way, uh, you know, uh, stealing and conniving and all, th- those are ways. But Jesus said, I am the way, watch this, the truth, and then watch this, and the what class? And the life. In other words, when we choose to let Christ lead us, he will always lead us in the direction of life and blessings. Why? Because He is the life. Praise the Lord for that. So number one, we have to allow Christ to guide us and not just save us. Here's number two. We, when we choose Christ to make life choices, watch this, we must then choose truth. That same verse, John 14, 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, watch this, here's the next two words, the truth. In other words, if I choose to allow Christ to guide me and not just save me, then in order for me to benefit from that, Christ comes with truth. Why? Because He doesn't just function in truth. He is the truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if we're going to make Christ-like choices, we must allow truth, listen, to govern who we are and what we do. What is truth? Because if, let's just say you're single and you're in a relationship and you know... Every year in September I would do a relationship series and it's kind of hard to do because I only have one service. So, I, so I'm going to sprinkle in some marriage and some single stuff, you know. So let's say you're single and, and you dating somebody and you praying, saying, Lord, is she the one or is he the one? And God ain't said nothing. And then you say, well, Lord, can you show me a sign if they are the one? And you get no sign then here's the question. What's the truth choice? Well, the truth choice is the word choice because John 17, 17 tells us, it says, Consecrate or sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So if Jesus is going to be the truth in our lives, we have to now uh, equivalent that to truth and the Word because the Word is truth and truth is the Word. Jesus, you know, the Scripture says, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. So Jesus is the truth and the truth is the Word. So if you're a single person and you've committed to God's Word to let Him guide you, let me explain something because a lot of Christians... Want signs from God if they're supposed to be doing the right thing. See, I'm talking to somebody right now. This week, you said, Lord, show me a sign if you want me to do this. Let me help you understand what that's all about. Because, first of all, let me explain this whole sign thing. Because it's a dangerous thing to want to be led by signs. First of all, Mark chapter 16, verse 20. This is for somebody. It says, and they, the disciples, went forth and they preached everywhere. Watch this. The Lord working with them. Watch this. And, everybody say and. That means God, Jesus is working with them and confirming, listen, the word with what? Signs following. In other words, the signs didn't come first, the word did. He confirmed his word with some signs. Okay, listen to the message translation. And the disciples went everywhere preaching. The master working right with them. Watch this. Validating the message or validating the word with indisputable evidence. Notice the word or the message was first and then the signs. One of the main stories in the Bible that people use about, Oh Lord, give me a fleece. Fleece. I need a sign was from Gideon. And, and But you have to, if you don't watch it, you, you, you'll miss it. You'll be led by signs. And uh, I want them to put up, uh, well, I, I won't go there first. I'm going to show you that if you allow yourself to be led by a sign, you can be led astray. Watch this. Judges chapter 6 verse 12. This is the story of Gideon. And I'm going to show you That before Gideon asked God for a sign, God gave Gideon a word first. In other words, you shouldn't be asking for a sign until you have a word. Oh, I'm helping somebody. Listen, oh God, give me a sign. No, oh God, give me a word and then a sign will follow. Well, let's see what happened with Gideon. Judges chapter 6 verse 12. It says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him. He says, Lord... The, the angel says, the Lord is with you, uh, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And then verse 13, Gideon said, <laughs> oh, if my Lord, if our Lord is with us, then why is all this happening to me? See, that's some of us. <laughs> I started giving to the Lord. My, my life done turned upside down or I started obeying God and my spouse started acting crazy. Gideon said, Lord, if you really with us, why is all this happening? Psalm 23 says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. Just because you're experiencing evil doesn't mean God is not with you. It just means, watch this now, God has an opportunity to show you who he is in your life. Amen. So verse 13, Gideon said to him, my Lord, if he's with us, why are we going through this? Where all the miracles that you know my grandmother told me about, and how God is faithful, and he'll ne- he's, He 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 maybe may not come when you want Him, but He's always on time. That's my addition to this. That's the E.S.C. version, Evan S. version. He said, "Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt?" Verse fourteen. The Lord looked upon him and said, "Go and this, this your might." Because listen, Gideon, you are going to save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Verse 15. And he said, oh, Lord, where how am I going to save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. And let me just say this to some of you. Listen, God's plan for your life has nothing to do with the family you were born in. God's, listen, God's plan for your life has all to do with the family you were born again in. Oh, 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 they may not have gone to college. They may not have started a business. They may not have been able to have children. But listen, that has nothing to do with you because we are in a family where all things become possible to those who believe. Amen. So watch this now. I'm I'm, I'm winding down. I'm winding down. I'm winding down. I'm winding down. So verse 16 said, And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you will smite the Midianites as one man. And if I, he says, now, now, now listen, he gave him the word. He says, you're going to save Israel from the Midianites. How many know that's a word? Okay, now watch what Gideon says in verse 17. Now, if I found favor in your sight, show me a sign. Listen, if you are led by signs instead of the word, you can be led astray. Second Thessalonians, this is in the New Testament, chapter 2, verse 9. I'll tell you why. It says, even him talking about the devil, whose coming is after the work of Satan with all power and signs and signs. Do you see that? And lion wonders. You don't want your life to be led by signs because the devil can bring lion signs. Amen. And so as a single person, now you have to be led by the truth. What is the truth? The word. Second Corinthians says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for our fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness. And what communion has light with darkness? And you may be saying, Well, Pastor, what do you mean by light and darkness? I don't know that much about this person. Listen, if you need a flashlight to try to see some spiritual fruit in this person's life, they ain't the right person. Come on now, if you go out on a date with this person and, 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 and you know, y'all at dinner and uh, uh, as soon as they sit the plate down, they just gobble up. <laughs> they say, nobody's grace. That's your sign. That's your sign. They ain't the one. And if you have to see, I know because this is how women are. Can, can we say grace? now? don't suggest it. Let him suggest the grace. Amen. Listen to the Living Bible. The Living Bible of that verse says, Don't be teamed up with those who do not love the Lord. For what do the people of God have in common with the people of sin? How can light live with darkness? And what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a Christian be a partner with one who doesn't believe? And I'm talking to somebody who's looking at starting a business. Don't do it with an unbeliever. Anyway, what union can there be with between God's temple and an idol? Here's the message translation because I got to get this through to somebody. Because you dating that man right now. You dating him right now. I'm talking to somebody. You dating him right now. And you you something inside is telling you, no, that he's, he's not the one. But see, you, you stuck on his money and his looks. And, and man of God, you stuck on her body and that's probably about it. Okay, here we go. There we go. Y'all know me. I'm real, right? Here we go. It says in the message, that's, how can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light best friends with dark? Listen, does Christ go strolling with the devil? <laughs> you have to allow truth to become your choice. Now, what do you say? And I'm going to show you how to discern the will of God through, through your choices later on in the series. But let's say, for instance, you, you have three job offers and you don't know which one to pick. That, that can happen. What, what's the life choice? I got three of them. I don't know. Well, a life choice is a Christ choice. You say, well, pastor, well, it's a Christ choice. Remember now, if you pick Christ, you're picking truth. And if you're picking truth, you're picking the word. So if I say years ago, years ago when I was graduating from college, uh, I made a confession that I was going to have multiple job offers before I finished school. Well, that was exactly what happened to me. You know why? Because you and I are going to have what we say. So keep saying crazy stuff and you're going to get crazy stuff. So you know, my friends was like, "Why you keep saying that?" Well, I was the only one out of all of them that got jobs before I finished. Right? I had a job secured before I finished college. So anyway, I was making that confession. I went on a f- one interview, and it was with a company, great company, and uh, uh, and it was a government job. And then I was on my way to this second this second job interview. Uh, with a different company and uh, they were flying me to Ohio to go uh, and it was a Pitney Bowes' own company. They were flying me to do this interview and I was laying on the floor in my friend's house or apartment because he was going to take me to the airport. And uh, I read this scripture. This is in Second Chronicles, chapter 16, verse nine. I was reading this verse. It says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf whose heart is perfect toward him. When I read that, God said to me, "Eben, that's your job that you're going to. I don't want you to take the other one. I want you to take this one. I ain't went on the interview yet. But when I read that and that jumped off the page on me, I said, oh, that's my job. So listen, my confidence at that job interview went from here to way up here. And listen, it was a multiple. It was at least five people interviewing. And they wanted a double minority. I wasn't that. So I get there. And I'll never forget. I'm going through the interviews and I'm like, all these people wasting all their time. They're going to give me this job. I'm sitting at the lunch table because, you know, all the candidates were at the lunch table, all the people, because, you know, I had to do like five or six interviews to five or six different people. And I'm sitting there going, boy, they wasted all their money feeding all these people. And they they're they going to offer me this job. And they told us all, it's going to be a couple of weeks before we get back with you. As soon as I got to school, next day, they called me and offered me that job. Now, listen, that job was paying less than the government job. But God told me that was the job. Well, in Four and a half years, I went from making uh, 36, uh, 20, I think it was 20,000, 22,000, it's back in the day now, to 40 grand in four and a half years. How many know the government is not going to increase you like that? Right? Everybody say a life choice is a Christ choice. Okay, here's my last sub point. We choose Christ's life choices when we die to self. So that Christ can live through us. See, the only way you're going to experience the life choice that Jesus has, you got to die. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, not I. Not that, It says, nevertheless I live, but yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. In other words, he's saying, I'm crucified. I have to die. And when you and I die, when we die, we will see the Christ-like choices that God has for our lives. When we die to what we want so that Christ can do what He wants, it will lead us in, in the direction of life success and blessings every single time. And let me say this to you, and I'm talking to some people at home right now. When you learn how to make Christ's life choices consistently, your mistakes get minimized. And even when you make a mistake, God will work that thing out and, and guess it, not, not only would it be for his glory, you'll end up having a story. And boy, God will make you look so good. And that's what makes people envy you. Because they'd be like, well, why are always good things happen to them? It's because somewhere they died. And let me tell you something if you want to see God's best, you got to die. Just look at somebody since you got a mask on and tell them, you're going to have to die. You know, I I, I, I said, I wrote down something. Let me me find it real quick. I thought this was good. Uh, Listen to this. This is so good. Dying doesn't kill us. It lives us. See, when you choose to die, because see, when I say die, I'm talking about your will. Jesus said, not my will, but Thy will be done. He was saying, I will die. Listen, if Jesus didn't have a will, he wouldn't have said that. Okay, so if Jesus said, not my will, Lord, but thy will be done, that means Jesus' will was not to die. He didn't want to die. Who wants to die? I don't want to be nailed on the cross, do you? You know, we make people, we make Jesus sound like he was just happy. Hey, throw me up there. Let's go. No, it wasn't like that. No, Jesus was like us. He's like, oh, no, I don't want to do this, God. Well, sometimes you got to die. And if you're going to experience life, you got to die. Your marriage ain't going to make it unless you die. God can't have two flesh people fighting. Somebody got to die. Amen. If you're going to succeed in the business, you got to die to your way of doing it. You got to let God now use you because now it's not your business. It's y'all's business. The Bible says we are co-laborers together with the Lord. You treat it like your business, it's your business. But if you invite God into that thing, God's going to make sure it succeeds. Maybe you need to die at work and maybe he's using your supervisor or your manager to saw some of that flesh off of you. If you have people that irritate you all the time, God's using them as a saw. Because <laughs> you walked in there with that fat on you. Because that's all God does. He just uses people to saw us. He's not here physically to saw you, so he uses your coworkers. Come on now. How many have had spiritual fat in your life? Spiritual fat, you know, where we just get lazy. And then they said God will just raise up somebody. And sometimes we think it's the devil. A lot of times it's God. You know God will use the devil. Huh? Okay. You say, well, Have you ever been in a situation where God, the devil was just using somebody to get on you? I mean, but it drove you to prayer. God used the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are some people watching me. And there are some people in this room. It's time to die. We're going to do a graveside service today. But I'm going to make a promise before you bow your head. I promise you that if you would die and let Christ live, you'll be able to make choices He wants you to make. And those choices are going to lead you in the direction of life. And not only will it produce life, it will produce blessings for your life. With every head bowed right there at your seat. Maybe you're here today. And you're saying, Pastor Evan, my life is in shambles. I need a change. Here's my question. Have you allowed Jesus first to save you? Because he can't, He can't guide you until you let Him save you. And maybe you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Here's the question I have for you. If you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Because if you're not sure, I want to pray for you. And then there's a group of people who need to rededicate their lives to the Lord. That just means that you're already saved and you know you are. The issue is you've allowed Him to save you but man, you haven't really allowed him to guide you the way you need to be guided. Well, I believe if you'll recomm- recommit your life to him today, you'll see a difference. And then there are some people who need a church, a church home. Can I say this? The way this thing is set up now, we can be your church right there through the lens. Now God has eliminated all excuses for people in the world. I don't want to go to a church. You don't have to now. The church has come to you. And there are some people watching me today. You need to connect. The Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in in the courts of our God. And I'm watching some people. I'm having a membership class today at noon. I want you to be a part of that. And then... For those of you who've watched and heard the message, I want you to make a decision to die right now. So I'm going to pray for those who need salvation and rededication, and then we're all going to pray a prayer as a graveyard service to ourselves. Say this prayer with me at home if you need Jesus Christ. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe.